Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. We are wrapping up day three of Star Wars Celebration Europe with the big panel of the day, the future filmmakers discussion featuring Ryan Johnson of Episode 8, Phil Lord and Chris Miller of the Untitled Han Solo Project, and other surprise special guests. Punch it, Chewie. This is Bobby Roberts, formerly of Full of Sith, and you are listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we are coming at you from the Limehouse District of London, England, just a few short stops on the DLR away from the Excel Center, and that, of course, is the location of Star Wars Celebration Europe. It is all over now, baby blue. Celebration has come to an end, and man oh man, it was quite the party to say the least. So for this episode, as we said at the top, we're concentrating on the Future Filmmakers panel, which was the penultimate panel of the day. Moderated by Pablo Hidalgo of the Lucasfilm Story Group, and his first guests out were his bosses. That would be Kerry Hart, the head of development for the Lucasfilm Story Group, and Kathleen Kennedy, of course, the president of Lucasfilm. And after that, they brought out the directors, one at a time, or I guess one and then two. (laughs) First, Ryan Johnson talking about Episode Eight. And I'll tell you right at the top, no reveals about Episode 8. So he did show a couple of additional behind-the-scenes photos, and I guess there have been maybe a little reveal or two, but nothing particularly major. For example, they revealed that Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter, is going to be in the movie. They had a behind-the-scenes photo where she was pictured, and they showed that she was inside of a ship but they were showing it from the outside and Ryan Johnson talked about the fact that they built a lot of practical sets so they could film both inside and outside on exteriors of the ship. He apologized for having posted a lot of photos where there was green screen in the background and said, you know, this isn't just a green screen thing. We've actually constructed a lot of sets for the movie. He did also confirm something that Daisy Ridley had said in a red carpet interview a while back, and the way she said it, you know, you could have taken it as directly, you know, exactly what it meant, or you could have taken it, you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't read into it, but turns out it was straight literal. Episode 8 picks up exactly where Episode 7 left off. This, of course, is a departure from other Star Wars films, as Ryan pointed out in the panel. And, interestingly enough, they were actually filming this before The Force Awakens came out, so they had no idea how iconic the scene at the end of the movie was going to become, and therefore actually, I guess, didn't have the same kind of pressure that they could have if they had tried filming after The Force Awakens came out and they had heard all the feedback from it. And speaking of doing stuff without public comment, as it were, another thing that Ryan shared about the making of Episode 8 was that while he was working out the story and working on the script, he was actually in Lucasfilm in the Presidio working with the story group on their campus. And he said all that they had to go on in terms of continuing the story from The Force Awakens was the script for The Force Awakens and the dailies that were being sent from England with the footage that they had been filming day by day by day for The Force Awakens. And they constructed the story based on their reactions to what they were seeing and how they were feeling and where they thought the story should go based on the stuff that was being generated by J.J. Abrams and his teams. And as another interesting side note, it turns out that Gareth Edwards was in the building just down the hall working with story group members on 
on Rogue One. And Ryan said that he popped in there and said hi and that it was great to have that kind of environment because you could pop in on each other and talk about what's going on with the story. And if you needed to use a whiteboard to start working stuff out, then you could do that. And I don't know if the actual implication was that Ryan Johnson collaborated at least to some small degree on Rogue One, but it certainly sounded like you could draw that inference per se. So <laughs> there's another pie that Ryan Johnson has his thumb in. I mean, he uh, had some stuff to say about Bloodline and giving them some information as well. And now Rogue One, potentially he may have had some input in. So that's getting really interesting, the level of Ryan Johnson's input into the franchise. And of course, he's written uh, episode nine or will be writing episode nine if he hasn't done it already. I'm sure he has the general story laid out. So he's going to be involved in that one too. But conversely, there was somebody else who was on set during the filming of episode 8 and they didn't say that he did anything for them other than he was there and that's Dave Filoni, the executive producer of Star Wars Rebels and of course the Clone Wars before that. And Ryan had something very wonderful to say about Dave Filoni saying just having the man in the cowboy hat behind you brings a sense of calm and peace to the proceedings and that everything's going to be all right with him there. And not long after, I was having a conversation with someone who was off the record, so we'll just leave it at that. And we were discussing the idea of Dave Filoni possibly being the heir apparent, as it were, to George Lucas. And there wasn't anything that Dave did in the proceedings for Celebration Europe to say, you know, I'm the big cheese or anything like that. Not by any stretch of the imagination. His presence was actually somehow different this time. I mean, I saw him in Celebration Anaheim and he was Dave Filoni. He was, you know, (laughs) the same guy that you're used to. But something's happened. He has evolved somehow, maybe. Maybe there's there's something going on. I don't know, but it's something beautiful and it is something awesome. And maybe it's just that he has stepped into a level of his own power or something like that, not in terms of you know, power being a bad thing, pushing people around, anything like that. No, like actually owning the fact that he has tremendous creativity and a tremendous idea of the workings of the Star Wars universe and that more of this idea and inspiration and possibly epiphany and synchronicity and serendipity are all coming into play for him. And something magical, I think, is happening with Dave Filoni right now. And I did not get to talk to him. I would love to talk to him. In fact, I'm going to be <laughs> sending out an interview request because I have some ideas I want to like throw his way about what is going on in the Star Wars universe as far as his involvement in it and what he is seeing. I think something has uh, exploded or changed like quantum dynamically. It's, it's something to behold. And, yeah, just his presence was so amazing in the Celebration Europe thing. I think that is the thing that is going to stick with me for the longest while to come. All right, end digression, okay? So here's something else that was really interesting about the time with Ryan Johnson. He said that in beginning the work on the movie, he actually shared a list of movies with the story group that he said he wanted them to watch and watch with him and that there were specific reasons why he wanted them to watch those movies. There were things that he had to share that he thought were important for them to be thinking about and talking about as they went into the production of episode eight. And quite honestly, I think this begs for a series of analysis and He rattled off the movies very quickly. I recorded them as quickly as I could. I think I've missed one or two, but I got half a dozen of them here. And they include Letter Never Sent, Three Outlaw Samurai, 
12 o'clock high, Gunga Din, Sahara, and that would be the Humphrey Bogart Sahara, not the Matthew McConaughey Sahara, as they pointed out, and Bridge Over the River Kwai. And again, if you were in the panel and you caught any of the other movies that they referenced, then please let us know with a comment on the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. So it's going to be very interesting to see just what Ryan Johnson is going after by looking at movies like that. And I will jump ahead a little bit because this didn't happen until later in the panel, but John Boyega showed up as a guest star and talked about how Ryan is creating sort of an indie film within a studio franchise environment, which is something that Oscar Isaac has also said on occasion in the press. And while John was out on stage, Pablo Hidalgo asked about Finn's fate in episode eight you know of course he was in a coma at the end of episode seven and they said you know can you talk about it can you say are you okay and john boyega said yeah so he's fine so (laughs) i assume that you know it wouldn't be any other way right they said that they joked about having him still in a coma all the way through episode eight and just cutting back to him every once in a while and him like muttering something in his comatose state and then going back to the action and that sort of thing which was rather amusing to say the least but no he is okay and i guess you kind of had to make that assumption anyway considering all the gym photos and videos that john was posting over the last few months so yeah why would he be working out if he was in a coma for the entire movie, right? Right, okay. Other little tidbits to share with you, too. Um, Kathleen Kennedy says that she thinks Ryan Johnson moves the camera as well as Spielberg, and she says that she does not give that kind of praise lightly, and that she likes his, and I this is paraphrased, but likes his sense of dramatic structure that he brings to the table in previous movies, and also the sense of humor that he brings to it as well. And let's see, what else can I tell you? Um... Ryan Johnson remembers going to see Star Wars that he was uh, put into the car by his dad and he asked his dad where they were going and his dad said, we're going to see the most amazing thing you've ever seen, which is a pretty cool thing to hear. Uh, He talked about how when he was a kid that the toys were actually a big influence on him and that he was telling stories with toys when he was younger and that now he, of course, has that incredible nostalgia, and it is amazing to be working with the classic cast, but he said that he has a responsibility to get beyond the nostalgia and tell a story that matters right now, which is pretty awesome. And then regarding the new cast and how they are handling this second film, considering that they've already gotten one Star Wars under their belt, Ryan says that it's actually uh, a good thing, like their experience with the first film, like that, you know, oh my gosh, I'm in Star Wars, like, is actually beneficial in a very real way for their performances in the second movie, which was an intriguing comment, too. And he wrapped things up, Ryan Johnson did, by saying, I think we're all going to have a really good time together. And yeah, I certainly hope so, too. I mean, I think Ryan Johnson is a pretty cool director. I thought Looper was actually really awesome, really twisty and bendy. And anytime you do something with time travel, man. That's tough to do and do it well incredibly, and I think he did a very good job with it. So I'm wicked excited for Episode 8. Bummed that we didn't get anything other than a couple of behind-the-scenes photos, but you know, now that I'm talking through all the notes that I took and the little breadcrumbs that were dropped, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I wanted more, but of course, you know, <laughs> give a mouse a cookie and he'll ask for a glass of milk and all that fun stuff. You know, that's okay. I got enough to keep me going for a while. Then Phil Lord and Chris Miller came out, and they, of course, are the directors of the Han Solo movie, untitled as of yet. 
And they said they're actually still working on the script right now with John Kasdan and his dad, Larry Kasdan. And they don't plan on shooting until the end of January or the beginning of February, right in there. So they are still putting the polish on the script, and yeah, that's perfectly fine. They just moved to London, I guess, moved to London just a couple days ago, and it's actually affected their ability to have cameos in Rogue One. They were on set, but they could not get into a shot in time before one of them had to go and see to his kid getting into a certain school and having to go interview with the school for getting his kid into this particular institution. (laughs) So they did not get to appear in Rogue One. However, uh, there are a couple of people in Rogue One having cameos. That would be Ryan Johnson and his producer, Ram Bergman. They are in the uh, the Death Star firing uh, shoot. And they are Death Squad Troopers. You remember the ones, the <laughs> DJ Death Squad Troopers, as the folks on Star Wars Minute call them. The ones that are in that, uh, you know, firing tunnel when and they have to duck away when the super laser is activated. So, yeah, Ram and Ryan are suited up in that scene when it happens, which is kind of neat to know that there is a scene like that in Rogue One. So there you go, another little bit of information. And Gareth Edwards has a part in episode 8 and they showed a picture of him and I'm sure these photos will be littered all over the internet and possibly from better angles than the one I had when I was in the celebration stage room but I'll post those photos anyway at the Facebook page in an album that'll be facebook.com slash sw7x7 so you'll get to see what those three folks looked like on the sets of Rogue One and episode 8. So back to the Han Solo project. In the possibly worst-kept secret in cinema for 2016, Alden Ehrenreich has been selected as Han Solo for the new movie, and they made that announcement official today and brought him out. So he was actually on the celebration stage for the Future Filmmakers panel, and he talked about the process, and it turns out that he was the very first person that Phil Lord and Chris Miller auditioned for the part, and they auditioned over 3,000 people, it turned out, and so they said to Kathleen Kennedy, sorry that we wasted all your money on the auditions when the first guy who walked through was the guy they hired. And they talked about how in the casting process, one of the final auditions had to do with going on set on the Millennium Falcon, and they were kind of gauging people's reactions for it, and also acting in a scene with a co-star, so people started to get a little hyped up, oh, we're going to get some co-star information, and it was Chewbacca, which, of course, (laughs) you had to expect that that was going to happen, so still cool to hear that he actually auditioned with Chewbacca on the Millennium Falcon, like that was part of the process. Now, according to either Kathleen or Kiri, I think it was one of the two of them, I don't think it was anybody else on the stage, but they mentioned that Larry Kasdan was actually actively lobbying for Phil Lord and Chris Miller to be the ones to take on this project, and he pressed really hard for them and got him and they seem to be bringing a good sensibility to this and a good understanding of the character of Han Solo they refer to him as clever but not smart and that he presents as tough but he has the biggest heart you've ever seen and I really like that insightful thumbnail sketch of Han I think that's pretty dead on the mark and Ryan Johnson leaned over and said to them that he is really excited for the experience that they're about to have which is a very cool thing And then, toward the end of the panel, they brought out Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher to thunderous applause. And the two of them just started bantering back and forth. And (laughs) it was pretty much 
the end of it. Like, you know, anything that they might have had planned for the rest of the panel, like, forget it. <laughs> they just they just went off on their own tangents and went back and forth with each other and, and stole the show out from under everybody. So, And that's perfectly fine. I don't think they were planning on any other big reveals anyway. So that pretty much wraps up the Future Filmmakers panel with little breadcrumbs of things that you could pull out if you were paying close enough attention and you were taking vigorous notes like I was. And make something of it, but nothing like the panel was last year at Celebration Anaheim where with Rogue One we actually saw concept art and they put together a little 30 second teaser that just got everybody amped. Nothing like that for Episode 8 and of course you know it's way too early to be doing something like that for the Han Solo story, but that's okay. No news about um, Episode 9, although it sounds like Colin Trevorrow is in pre-production for that right now. And also uh, no news about that other project, that mysterious project that is in turnaround, the rumored Boba Fett project that Josh Trank was working on is no longer working on. Still no news about that. Oh, and there is one last thing in my notes about Kelly Marie Tran, actually, and hang on just a moment. We'll take a break, and then I will come right back and tell you about that. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, welcome back, and here is that thing about Kelly Marie Tran. So they brought her up and said that there's something that they're very excited about, and it's Kelly Marie Tran. And Ryan Johnson says that he is really excited for us all to meet her, but said that that's going to happen all in good time, and that it would happen somewhere down the line. Um, Maybe Orlando? (laughs) I don't know, we'll see. That's going to be a big time to shine in the spotlight for episode 8. And everybody was nodding very vigorously on the panel and going, oh yeah, oh yeah, about Kelly Marie Tran when she was brought up. And we don't know much about her at all, really. I mean, she was in a couple of web series, and that's about it. I mean, nothing that you can really sink your teeth into to find out what her deal is. But everybody seems to be high on Kelly Marie Tran. So I think that is going to be a very intriguing development over time. And... Yeah, I think spoiler hunters and leak hunters are going to start trying to focus on her and see what they can dig up about her. Personally, I think I can wait a little while and see what all the excitement is about. I like the tease. And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is even though it wasn't as much as I wanted, the breadcrumbs were still there. Again, like I said earlier, I can be satisfied with what they did. And I hope you are satisfied with what I've shared with you. I've done as much as I can to take down all the vigorous notes and all that fun stuff and capture as much of that scene without getting it on video because, of course, not allowed to do that and they didn't stream it. So, you know, but at the very least, I can tell you as much of what went on. And if you were there and have other things that you remember that I did not capture here, then please do share them in the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com so that way everybody else can benefit from what you can add to the conversation. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to all of our podcasts around Star Wars Celebration Europe. We will have our regular episode coming up in just a few hours and that will include information from the other panels that I was able to get a hold of today which include DK Publishing and the art of storytelling and let's see yeah a couple other things as well but you'll have to stay tuned for that so thanks so much for listening 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you test out your new robot hand, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not the Rebel Fleet, it's Destiny Unleashed. podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.